everybody, welcome back to Dice Saga Nero. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Lowen, what are you thinking? <laughs> I am enjoying the hell out of myself. <laughs> so, Did you expect all of this? Like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the scale at all. Yeah. Uh, like, I know when we discussed it previously about the size of the world and all that stuff, I knew it was going to be big, but I wasn't expecting... Uh, I mean, for example, one and a half million people living in my district alone. Yeah, like that is insane numbers. I've never, I've, I don't, I don't know that I've been to a city that has that number of people in like fifteen years. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Like, like we live in this little bitty town of like forty thousand, yeah, right? and I'm like <laughs> overwhelmed by the number of people I see on a daily basis sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, well, it's like I said, the city's been here for two thousand years, um, and and so like on a population scale, right? If you're looking at uh, population growth and stuff over over the course of two thousand years, if you take the Earth for example, um, and you look back two thousand years ago, uh, there was an estimated, I'm one, I can't remember. I looked this up, and the estimated for two thousand years ago was like, like eight million people, eight hundred million, no, eight million total, yeah. Serious. Um, yeah, and we're we're currently setting at about eight billion. Um, that is exponential growth. Yeah, it's a huge amount of growth. Uh, of course, uh, technology and and quality of life and medicine and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, like you're looking at a long time ago, uh, life expectancy like in the Norse regions, uh, old man was forty five. Right. You know, and now an old man is eighty five. Right. So right. you're also looking at longer periods of of life as well. I don't want to make it to 85, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I can handle it. But, yeah, like, so the scope and everything ended up being quite large, but it's also got limitations because of the wall, you know, so. Right, yeah, no, it's, uh, the world's huge. I wasn't expecting quite this scale. Yeah. And then especially knowing that there's this scale, but I also, the exploration aspect of it, it's pretty much gone. Like, there is no exploration, really. I mean, there's no exploration of something that you can't possibly find on a map. Right. But um, the exploration, like, in your lifetime, you have never been to every part of this right. city. So, and, and you're talking about, like, differences. So, like, the ogre and the goblins. Right. You know they run a district. What kind of district is that, right? Like, you know... Um, Awful. Well, you, yeah, but you, you understand what I'm getting at, right? Like, um, like what what's in there? Right. Uh, because each one of these districts are walled off. Like, you have your own walls that separate you from the others. It's not right. like you just feed into one another. Um, you know, so, like, what what's in there? Is it a wild district? Is it literally game? Is it, you know, right. like, what's going on? I want to exp- I want to go to whatever district has wildlife <laughs> just to do some hunting and games. Right, yeah. like, See, and then like you also know that at least half of this city is agricultural districts right. in, in some way or another, including, uh, but not limited to, woodlands, uh, which would absolutely have wild game um, because everything in the city is stone or wood or whatever, you know? You have, right. to, you have to be able to harvest wood. You have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that blows my mind. It's like, the scale at which wood is necessary to build things, like a city of this size, <laughs> how much woodlands must there be yeah. uh, inside of a city wall, right? you know, in order to make it function? Because, you know, talk about upward growth and scale for, you know, increased civilization size. 
like you have to have massive amounts of woodlands like oh, yeah. we, here in the real world like we talk about you know natural forests and stuff like that disappearing because of our con- wood consumption right yeah like, well i mean you also in a magical world right so like right there's, there's means and druids and stuff that can that can help right with that but yeah well dude if it wasn't for magic i have no doubt that this place would have ceased to exist well, yeah they wouldn't be able to feed this number of people right you know like you guys are at you guys are like population for this city is literally at the cusp of no longer being able to feed people with natural means right and even then there's still a strain on the system right there still has to be magic to help supplement but if if everything goes right if there's no crop failure if there's no anything you can barely feed the number of people in this city barely right you know um and, and that's without magical means <laughs> you know? so like, yeah yeah and that that's with everybody eating the bare minimum. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a different ball game for sure. Well, like, let me see, let me see. Let's look up, say, a smaller. What's one of the smaller states? Arkansas. Okay, yeah, we'll look up Arkansas square mileage, and just see square mileage what the difference is here, right? Like. So the state of Arkansas is fifty-three thousand square miles. Uh-huh. This city is one hundred twenty-six thousand square miles. For scale, to give you an idea. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that you know, let's let's look up a slightly larger state then, right? Like, uh, not Texas. That one <laughs> it's obviously too large, but maybe New York State, right? I mean, that's still going to be a smaller state than Arkansas, I think. New York State? I think so. Maybe. 54, yeah. So, like, Montana. Yeah, big sky country's got to have a decent amount of square mileage, right? You'd think. <laughs> there, yeah. 147,000 square miles. So, this city is the state of Montana. Golly. That's, <laughs> that's mad, dude. That is mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, for scale, like, it's big, man. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, you're talking about woodlands. There's absolutely room in there for woodlands. Right. You know, so. That is insane. <laughs> Golly. All right. Okay. What do you got me going on now? All right. Let's get a little mood music going. So, you were headed back with... Oh, yes. <laughs> you were headed back with Bormir uh, to the stables. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed to show you something. Oh, we're going to the stables? Well, I mean, that's where he lives. So. <laughs> okay, valid, valid point. It's a, it's a stable slash house. <laughs> there is, there is a, he has uh, lodgings above the, above his personal stables. Gotcha. And because, this is, yeah, because this is the capital circle, he actually does possess a small amount of land uh, there that he can stable the horses and stuff and, and actually put them out to pasture. It's not a lot. He maybe has 10 acres of land. You know, but like in, in this world, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot for me right now. I yeah. kill yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you you said you had conversations to do with him. You wanted to talk about yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I guess, uh, shit, I don't even remember now. Uh, I mean, I knew he had something special. But yeah, like he, he was going to show you some stuff, but you, I mean, you you were you also knew that like there were there were definitely people who were going to uh, to try and cause problems in the kingdom. Yeah, and, and uh, you had friends who were worried about that. They were basically headed home as fast as they could to check out their troops and make sure yeah. everything was good for the kingdom and okay. so on. I didn't know if you had specific things or if uh, you just like we got to talk about right. this, you know. So. Um, uncle. Uh, what is your take on this constitutional republic? I think it's good for the people. It's always good when people get to make sure make their own decisions. But this could absolutely be problematic. There are a lot of people here who are already trying to figure out how to take power with the king being ill. Do you still hold sway with these people? Which people? I hold sway with some. Well, I mean, I would assume that being one of the heroes that established this place, that there would be some, at least some level of respect from all of them. Yeah, there's level of respect from some of them, but you have to remember some of these people weren't here when I was a big hero. I've been retired with my horses for a while. You would know that. Like, you know, yeah. your entire life he's been retired. Right. He's doing his thing. He's tired of being the hero. Right. You know, he's he's been the hero. He was the hero that saved the world. He was the hero that built the city and saved the world again. Like, it takes a toll. Yeah. You know, Draga, Draga's a little bit of a different story, right? Like, the lifespan of dwarves is much longer. He was already expecting to live a long time. Right. Um, you know, Boromir was expecting to live maybe 150 years as a as an Azamar. Right. Okay. Um, and he's a little over 2,000 years old now, so... Yeah. He's he's just enjoying it at this point. He's just letting letting people kill themselves. Letting, you know, let the world go on. Right. He's done his bit. Yeah. Um, but he's not giving up either. Right. Do you... Do you have any advice that I might utilize to... How did you build a company of people to help put the dis, the the unrest, to to sleep, when you were, back in your heroing days? Remember <laughs> the first time or the second time? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're talking about the first time when we killed the lich, uh, when my brother died, that was uh, that wasn't a company of people. That was a was a band of idiots. We were all new. We were all fresh. Jogger was probably the best of all of us. And that was just because he was older than us and he had fought in wars before. We were new to it. We we were young and stupid and foolish and we did a lot of crazy things and the armies never came. They never came. We did what we had to do for the world because the world was unaware. We talk about the unrest. By the time the armies came, the job was done. If you talk about the second time, it was dire. It was desperate. The enemy was encroaching from every side. And we built the wall. That was Grosjeel. 
did that. He, on the ruins of Hammerfall, he carved out a space and put the workers to task. Every druid, every cleric, every magic user of any kind was moving stone and molding earth and putting up the barrier. It was impressive. And then we started figuring out how to keep ourselves alive inside that wall. But the unrest, it never really came. Because everyone was working together to stay alive. We had fought death as hard as we could and we lost. And that's just the truth of it. Unrest is something that happens in civilized situations, and neither of the situations I were in were civilized. Ah, they're civilized now. But I just raised my horses. I understand. Because I, uh, as I would say, for as proper as I seem sometimes, I've never truly been a civilized person. And I just don't fit. I understand, Uncle. I will help you in any way that I can. I appreciate that. Probably just someone to talk to every once in a while will do the trick. It will. And for this, for the Battle of Fairview, I'm sure you'll wait to face. I would give you this. And he pulls a falcata from his waist and hands it to you, scabbard and all. Wow. I killed a lich with this. Maybe you can someday. I hope I never face a lich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that again. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate this greatly. I'll take that shit kicker of yours in return, because I might need something. <laughs> uh, on, you but know, he does, he, he gives you his, his blade. And there's nothing special about it. It was wielded by a very special man. Right. Um, Uncle, before my mother passed, she said that uh, your sword was one of a matching set. Yes. The other one is buried beneath my stable, along with a suit of armor, and it'll stay there. Thank you. I didn't have a body to bring home when he died. He was all I had. Our mother died when we were born. Her father was killed. We only ever had each other in Dothiria. And she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, well. I brought back what I could and I buried it. The axe is with Grosjeel. I'm sure you heard stories of it. Very little. <laughs> it was his axe. And it was on loan. It stays with him. If you ever get a chance to get a handle on that axe, Faramir always said that it spoke to him. I always wondered. Let me know. <laughs> Talking axe, that scares me a little bit. Scared him too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He was a great man, my brother. He was reckless at times. But when it came to it, he did what was needed. And we are here today because of it. He gave us time. Before the Lich returned, he gave us time. We believed he wouldn't be able to after that. A small piece of the Lich's soul was inside of him. He was a phylactery. He gave his life to try to destroy him. But this world is cursed. There will always be a Lich. That's depressing. Gives you something to fight. I guess. <laughs> In either case, come into the stable. I have something to give you. Yes, sir. Hopefully. Hopefully. I am not sure if it will work, but I have been trying for many, many years. I tried with your mother. But I think I figured it out. You go into the stable, and you go into... First off, you've been in this stable when you were younger, and of course, subsequent times, right? Right. But it is a beautiful, beautiful stable. It is actually a round building, and there are stalls all the way around. And the horses aren't in there right now. They're out to pasture. And when you walk in, the stonework in the floor is gorgeous. It is beautifully crafted dwarven stonework. Um, and you have a feeling you know where it came from. <laughs> Um, he's still very, very good friends with Draga. Um, you know, at least from stories in the past, that he and Draga and Lovely built this room. And in the center of it, there is a stone that is carved to the name Faramir. And you now at least know that that is where the remains of what was left are buried. And he takes you to the stone. And he pulls out his holy symbol, which was a Thor's hammer. And he says, all right, now here's the fun part. Give me your hand. I extend it out. And he pulls a dagger out slashes your hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> and take four points of damage. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> How do you react to that? <laughs> Punch him. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't tell you. You wouldn't let me. <laughs> Come on, come, come here, come here. And he grabs your hand, and he holds your hand out over the stone, and the blood drips down onto the stone, and it it doesn't rest on the stone like you think blood should. It seeps in very quickly, and it is almost sucked into the stone. And he begins to read from the book. And, um... He begins to read from the book, and he is reading some holy passage uh, from from his uh, his Havamal. And he speaks to Odin. He says, Mighty Odin, father of our people, remember our honored dead. May the gifts of their blood continue in us. Roll a fortitude save. Okay. What would that be? Constitution? Oh, no, no. You actually have saving throws. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I see it now. Uh, plus 20. Mom. Okay. You feel a burst of energy come up from the ground, and you see a small crack in the stone. It's not a really heavy crack, but it is there. 
is visible and this was perfectly smooth stone before so it cracks and as it does this burst of energy comes out and you feel it hit you in a wave and you almost fall over but you don't um, and from the crack starts seeping what appears to be a shadow and roll a will save Fifteen. Okay. For a moment, you are frightened by this. Okay, because it does appear to be like that shadowy darkness, that evil that, that exists in the world. And I'm sure you've seen some of, right? Um, but you trust Boromir. Um, okay. I want you to go and add a feat called the gift of blood to your inventory uh -huh. as this happens this shadow begins to seep out more and more and more and it starts to take on the form of a horse okay and as this horse begins to form up and it begins to solidify this purely 100% black, dark, black horse. You see the light shimmer of a set of wings and a horn fade into nothingness. And the horse opens its eyes and they are piercing white. So you're looking at a horse that is made purely of shadow, of blackness. And from within it shines a white light. And it bows its head and presents its hoof. Nice. Nice. Ah, okay. This is my unipegacorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you find the feet? Uh, I can't figure out how to, to add it. Yeah, I'm in the edit character. It's on the last page, and then you'll add feet. Select from compendium. Let me find it. Gift of Blood. Should be able to scroll down. Should be at the bottom. Ah. If you, if you want to read it. Okay, Gift of Blood, Shadow Mount. As a bonus action, you can summon this shadowy mount. When summoned, a wisp of darkness seeps from the summoner's hand and materializes into a solid black horse with piercing white eyes. As it comes to form, you can see the faint shimmer of wings and a single horn. The mount can be dismissed as a free action. Nice. And there's a whole bunch down here. But I think that's comes with the Cavalier stuff. Oh, yeah. There's more on the actual creature. Okay. So we can add the creature here in a little bit. Okay. Um, as this horse comes to form and bows its head and offers its hoof, Boromir continues to speak. It's like, yes. He goes, this is it. This is it. I tried to do this with your mother, but we, we got it wrong. 
could never figure it out, but I had a feeling that this horse had traveled through the bloodline. There was a lovely little man named Henry. He's dead now, but he was full of life and he loved the animals and he trained trained animals for me for a very long time after the fall of the lich. But on the day my brother died, the horse fled and ran and I thought it was afraid and I was weird because this horse had never been afraid of anything. Henry told me that he saw the horse run into the village to keep at Fate's Hold and it clamored furiously to get into the keep where Marta was. He said as he was trying to calm the beast that it burst into shadow and started to seep through the cracks of the door so he opened the door and let it in and he followed the horse up Marta was upstairs and she was in labor and it was not going well and the beast seeped into her and into the child and brought them both through it safely and it was never seen again but here it is dang <laughs> dang it is part of your blood and hopefully it will be part of your children's blood if you ever have any I don't even know what to say to that <laughs> that's crazy it's good I like it it has taken me 2,000 years to figure out how to release this animal but now it is here hopefully you will enjoy it um is the animal still there in front of me um I want to like reach out and like rub its head and kind of pet on it and give it some love. Okay. So for that, we'll go ahead and add the creature as well. Okay. <laughs> so you can see what happens when you reach out to the creature. Select from compendium. It's crazy. Like, this is going to be awesome because I kind of worked under the So whole... here's the creature, and then you can click on it to actually bring it up and read all about it. Okay. Do you want me to read any of this out? If you want to. Um, but as soon as you touch the animal, you feel an instant connection. Um, there was a bond made. Okay. The bonded mount. <laughs> Mount is, mount is bonded to its blood summoner. If anyone else tries to ride the mount, they will pass through it. Oh, that's cool. Can I, can I like, allow people to ride him? Mm -hmm. Okay. But if someone tried to steal it or something, yeah, it's not happening. Gotcha. This mount has the ability to commune with its rider, sharing small glimpses of its past and the people whose blood it has traveled through. Roll a d20 on a nat 20. <laughs> Time to get up for work. <laughs> I'm going to turn the rest of these off because I'm not exactly a easy person to wake up. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Night shift, baby. Yeah. Uh, roll a 
a d20 on a nat 20. You can pick the person you wish to see. So go ahead and roll that, okay. since you've just bonded with the animal. Okay. Uh, is it just a straight roll? Yeah. It's an 8. Okay. From the past, you catch a small glimpse of a person. You're not sure who it is, but it's definitely a family member. You feel that connection. Uh -huh. and they have the same features and looks and stuff too, you know. Um, but you see this person struggling in a very, very foreign um, landscape to your own. You're not entirely sure what it is, what's where this is, but you've also never been outside of this city. And although you've read plenty of books, books never do justice for the landscape right? right it is very cold here it is something that you're unfamiliar with in that regard because it is never cold in this city there is no winter here right um, probably because of the volcanic vent beneath you <laughs> but <laughs> that seems like a problem <laughs> but the uh, the person is struggling through the snow and they're trying to travel and get somewhere and you're not quite sure where and then the image leaves you it seems dire okay so like is this I know it's a memory that's not my memory uh, is this do I feel like a need to go look for something after this or no? you know it's from the past gotcha like i would say you know it's from from your ancestry your bloodline okay um so like as i'm like but it's a it's an all at once type of thing it is now ingrained into your memory but you also know it is not your own okay you know what i mean okay it doesn't feel like you were there. It feels like you saw it. Okay. So, like, as I'm coming back from this flash of memory or whatever, and I'm kind of, like, stroking the head, you know, and the hair of this uh, horse, um, I'm going to just kind of, like, smile a little bit and be like, I think I'll call you Henry. Bormir smiles. <laughs> he should. I'm smiling. I loved Henry. He's my favorite character. I know. Uh, okay. Um, All that being said, do you like how I've presented Boromir as an yeah. old man? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's hard to play someone else's character. Yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah. No, it's great. I was afraid, honestly, when I knew that Boromir was going to be in this, that you were going to force me to like play Boromir and Nero at some point. No. He's <laughs> mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. It's good. Good. It's good. I especially like the, the Mount Henry. I thought you'd like that. Uh, oh. Yep. Okay. And all that being said, let's talk about your man in the market you're supposed to meet. Any ideas? I have plenty of ideas. What I would say is that there is an alleyway in the market that leads to a dead end. It is bolstered by two stores, one on either side, and 
and it seems exceptionally open. I would go there and see if you find your man. And he just smiles. And as he does, a very, very old, old-looking horse comes into the stable and nudges him. And he says, All right. And he climbs up onto it and you have business in the market, and I have an old friend to deal with, and he rides off. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. For those of you listening, this was like a special request uh, years ago when we first did the Midgard campaign, was a Unipegacorn. Like, it was stupid and outlandish, but it worked, and I loved it. But I also remember, they were special in a sense that they also hid the fact that they were unipegacorns. They just looked like horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I love it. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's beautiful. It brought me to tears. Uh, Alright, well, I guess uh, I'm going to rummage around the stables. Okay. And uh, look for some equipment to slap up on old Henry here. And No need. No need? It comes equipped. Oh, okay. When okay. you go to step up, a stirrup develops. When you settle into the saddle, it is there. Okay. When you reach for the reins, they are available. Oh, wow. When you get off of the horse, they are all gone. All right. That works, too. <laughs> that works, too. I'll just... Uh, I'm going to climb up on O'Henry here, and I'm going to take off towards the marketplace. Okay. So you ride to the market, and uh, I think it's a good place to stop for now, and we can pick up again. All right. <laughs> All right.